Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Alice DeCourcy today. Alice is the Chief Marketing Officer over at Cognizant. Alice, a really, really warm welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Hi, yeah, great to be here. Excited to chat all things marketing. Excellent, good stuff. That's exactly right. And we're going to be talking all about why businesses, why marketers need to stop a scattergun approach when it comes to their marketing and exactly how they can make it more predictable when it comes to kind of rather than throwing marketing strategies in the air, hoping for hoping for the best, they can actually look at strategies that are going to kind of drive revenue and are going to bring in that predictable um, sales, that predictable growth to, to their business and to the strategies that they implement. So first things first, I mean, this, this might sound like a stupid question, but it gives us a great starting point. Why is a scattergun approach? Why is just doing what you think is going to work when it comes to your marketing, Alice? Why is that a good or a bad idea? Yeah, so I guess I'll go even one step further, which is what, like, what do I mean by scattergun? Um, and I think for me very much, this is like the state sometimes a marketing team is in, maybe in the early days or in like a very sales led organization where perhaps marketing is um, maybe seen as like, second to, to sales. And it's basically, right. I would say, like the reactive marketing. So you're being asked to service various parts of the business with lots of ad hoc requests. There's little to no strategy behind that. Um, and it can be quite daunting if you come into that sort of situation or you're in that situation like how do you turn that around and how do you build out a predictable strategy from that Mm. Um, because you can get so busy just executing the tasks you're being asked to without actually stepping back and thinking of the bigger picture and the strategy behind it got it so you mentioned an interesting point straight away talking about reactive marketing so when when we say that, I mean, is is there a difference to give myself to give people tuning in an idea? What what would you say is the the kind of differentiator between reactive uh, marketing and, and something that's more of a proactive approach? Yeah, so I think that this was quite key when when I so for example when I came into Cognizant, um, there wasn't a plan or a strategy in place. So right now now we plan you know H one and H two we put together a strategy that gets sort of signed off across all of the key stakeholders within the business, and that's what we go and execute. We then use we have reserve 10% capacity for things that would fall outside of that because you know, there is you do need to be reactive sometimes but the rest of the time we're focused on those things that we have thought about and planned for um, based on like strategic in-depth analysis on the data and plays that we know have worked before or that we're going to test and drive forward so that I guess yeah for me that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That and, and that makes sense. So if we're looking at this from perhaps whether it's a small business, whether it's a new business approach, um, and they're they've perhaps got a few ideas in the air. So they're perhaps perhaps they're a service-based business. So maybe they've got a few products they offer to businesses, but they're thinking about how how to bring it to market. Um, when it comes to kind of avoiding scattergun approach, so they might think, look, Facebook ads can perhaps get me some fast traffic. Perhaps I need to look at SEO. Perhaps I need to look at Google ads. Perhaps I should be be on LinkedIn. Rather than just trying all these channels, how can how can a business adopt something that's going to be a bit more predictable? Are there certain foundations mm-hmm. that they need to think about before they just start trying all these different strategies and such? 
Yes, that's a great question. So um, I guess let's break it down. Um, it, it's a great thing when you come in, you, there's all these things you could try or get going with, but it's hard to know like where to start. So start with the low hanging fruit. So kicking off some of the activities that as well that would take longer to realize results, but are vital for predictability. So I'm gonna break it into like the four things that I think about. So the first one is paid strategy. So that is very much your low hanging fruit there. Um, you want to get your bottom of the funnel ad strategy and placement in order, um, defining who's going to own that. It needs to be someone who's looking at it full time, no set and forget. Um, you need to think about where you're going to place your first bet. So like you were talking about what channels should those be on um, and then how you're going to test and optimize those. So you need to have a testing framework and a review process in place. We do this at Cognizant in two weekly sprints um, and we have like a hypothesis testing framework that we use for any um, test that we'd run. And, you know, you're going to be testing, there's all variations, not only you're testing the channel, you're testing the messaging and you're testing the offer. Um, so you want to think about what's the, the low hanging fruit that we can target first. And that should be where you start. And then you need to optimize that low hanging fruit and then you build out from there. Um, okay. So that's number one. Could we get and an then, example as well? Just so yeah. something tangible, yeah. whether it's for Cognizant, whether it's for, for someone else, what might be an example of something that's that's going to be low-hanging fruit, that's going to be something mm -hmm. we should tap into straight away? So straight away, I would get competitor AdWords live. So okay. why I feel like that's a low-hanging fruit, it depends, obviously, the search volume for that. You need to go away and see if that's actually something that's going to bring you meaningful traffic um, and will work for your business but assuming that does and that ticks that box then you would i would say get those live so um create dedicated landing pages create the messaging get the ad copy and start optimizing and testing that on your bidding strategy um because that's high intent traffic that is already that you're missing out on straight away if you, if you don't have those live so yeah, got it so looking looking at what's working at for competition in your market mm -hmm. and then tapping into that as in what's going to be relevant for, for yourselves, for your industry, for your sector? Well, just literally looking at the competitors within your space, um, bidding on their brand keyword terms and oh, okay, yeah. having, your, having your own campaign set up for that, dedicated landing pages. Um, and that would be where I'd start. That would nice. be my lowest hanging fruit. So to almost steal their traffic when it comes exactly. to us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that yeah. would be that would be my first thing. And then we'd look at building that out further. But yeah, that would be where I'd start um then it's then i'd say like it's time to start to, time to start thinking about the content plays so um i think we're going to cover it a bit more later but you need to kick off your keyword research so do an audit of your current position organize your keyword strategy into priority order and how you should do this is look at what are the highest intent keywords that have good volume but low competitive like low com difficulty um and those should be like your priority one keywords that you want to go after um, don't get overwhelmed because when you look, start thinking about content strategy, there's so much you could do. So, um, if you want to do this smartly, then there's sort of an incremental way in which you can approach it. Um, so at Cognizant, for example, we'll have pillar pieces that can be broken down and feed into not only our SEO objectives, but also campaign objectives and brand objectives as well. Um, and then the final thing I'd say is that you want to kick off your campaigns and demand gen movements. Again, I would recommend working in two weekly sprints and keeping it really simple. So just focusing on offer, message and audience, that combination. Um, and then you want to, the final top tip on this I'd say is 
don't stop before you get started by thinking about how could I scale this? Just build the demand and then scale it. So a, like example of this, we had, um, we really wanted to try a different call to action rather than just a demo. We wanted to give value before we asked for anything. Sure. So we um, came up with this idea to offer a sample of our data to our um, prospects in some of our campaigns. We call it the free leads. Um, and we actually change that messaging depending on the audience. And that has worked really, really well for us. But we at the start, it was literally just my me and my marketing team pulling that data from our platform, sending it across in an Excel because we didn't have a way to scale it. But now it's one of the most successful campaigns delivered a huge amount of revenue to the business we you know my CEO didn't tell me off for coming up with that idea and actually we've come up through engineering with a way of scaling it further so yeah that would be another tip on this like all of those okay so just starting breaking down some of that from the top so talking about a keyword strategy talking about SEO so when we say kind of looking at perhaps the higher intent and looking at kind of maybe longer tail keywords after. Can you, will you, would you be able to give us an example? Um, so for anyone tuning in that's perhaps not as fluent in SEO as you or I, what that yeah. actually looks like. So let's say, well, let's take Hongman for example. We at our SF core are a B2B data provider. Um, so for us, like the highest intent keyword search term that we probably, that we bid on and it's most six is um, B2B data. Now that has a high intent, high converting now, I mean, we're sort of two months, two years into this, so we know that it's our best campaign, um, low volume and low competitive score. So that for us is like gold dust um, and that ticks all of the boxes. So it's about finding, you're gonna have to test this as well because the intent piece does need a bit of testing, but it's what's the closest keyword that you can get to what your product actually offers. And then the key is when you're building out the copy for the landing page is that that really reflects it as well. So you don't want them to land, never send them to the homepage, don't then send them to a website page, create dedicated landing pages for all of your um, campaigns within Google and make sure you're building out highly relevant content to that search term, um, yeah, that you're bidding on. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. Tommy was tired of cold calling and emailing his prospects and getting little to no response. He signed up for a free Vidyard account, allowing him to send personalized video emails and messages to his leads and contacts and saw results almost immediately. People loved the personalized approach and the fact he took the time to send a custom video explaining his offer and his solution. And as a result, he stood out from his competitors filled his calendar with quality appointments and smashed his sales targets. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. We've covered landing pages a little bit in, in some episodes, Alice, but have you got any top tips when it comes to landing pages? Because I know... 
everyone. And obviously a landing page for paid ads is going to be different to what we're talking about now, something that's going to be organic perhaps in terms, mm-hmm. or may, may, it might not be, in terms of perhaps the structure, in terms of what needs to be made up in that. Um, any pro tips when it comes to making sure the content's on the mark, to making sure it's relevant, to make sure it builds trust with people when they land on it? And, and most importantly, in most of our cases, we want it to convert. So we actually want that user to be able to take action and whether that's request a demo, whether that's request a free sample, whatever that action is we want them to take. Yeah, so I guess with your questions, that's mainly aimed at like a converting page. So we'll go for like a Google Ads page. What would our best practice be on that? So um, first of all, like I said, dedicated page. Don't, you actually don't really want a navigationable header. Um, you want to make sure you're keeping them on that page. But then yep. you need to provide enough context and copy to convince them to take an action. So I always have the form very near the top. I'll have a clear header. We always like to write copy like we talk. So try and forget about all the slang, like the marketing slang, so to speak, and just very clearly identify what the pain point is that you're going to be solving with that offer. Um, You want to have your proof points. So um, you need to have your case studies or quotes from case studies and some badges. So we always have our G2 badges in support of um, the claims that we're making. And actually we have found that longer landing pages convert better. So we used to have like really, you know, a landing page that was pretty much two parts, header, brief information, form on the right-hand side, and then a bit of social proof. We've actually come to realize that adding more context into that landing page so adding like another two or three sections about that topic has really helped us to increase conversions. Interesting. Okay. So the more more content, the more the more that's there tends to work better from your experience. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And I love the point about writing how you talk. Something I um I was certainly guilty of, especially when I got into digital marketing. I was using jargon all the time. And half the time when I was on the phone to clients, I'd be using all these analogies all these terms that only myself and the web team knew and it's half the time the customers are like what the hell does that mean sam and i'm and i realize some of the terms i'm using i don't even know the full extent of um so when you when you start to simplify things like you've mentioned it's it kind of makes it easier for your customers i guess not just on your digital materials whether that's your website your landing pages your ads but when you when it comes to translating through to your sales team as well if they're using the language they're using the exact terms that your actual customers talk to you about when they describe your product or your service, it's only going to help, right? Yeah, and I think we use jargon too much. Like we feel like that makes us seem more important or like we know what we're talking about. But mm. that's not how people are buying. That's not what they're searching for. That's not like what their intent is in that action. So, you know, if you're searching for how to do lead generation, you don't want to land on a page where the header is MQLs, SQLs, I know PSLs. You want to yeah, there's so many now, isn't there? Yeah, you're <laughs> on a page which is like really clearly defining the steps you need to take to get to your end goal, and yeah, with as little jargon as possible. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Com- completely up for that in terms of kind of making things simple and um, ultimately whatever works. And if if that is simplifying the language, and if that's going to get us more inbound opportunities, then it's it's only a good thing. Okay. So moving forward, I know you mentioned um, putting together perhaps content pillars and then building demand. Um, what what would a content pillar look like in a bit more depth from from the content side of things? Are there certain things we need to think about? Do we how do we link that to our product or service? Or what examples could you perhaps share with us on that front, Alice? 
yeah so i guess i'm just going to talk you i think i'll probably just talk you through like how to kick off your content strategy i think that's, and then within that yeah. i'll give you a real example of what we did so i think about it in three parts um our seo strategy our demand gen campaign strategy and our brand content strategy now depending on the stage your business is at the amount of resources you have available um you may have to tie those three very closely together if you're in the early days um, and you have capacity constraints and then as you scale you can sort of separate those out into more separate entities so when i joined cognizant for example we only had one content writer doing everything so we had to be really careful about how we targeted this so what we did was we as i actually mentioned we we did a lot of keyword research and we came up with what would be our most highly um valuable keyword that we wanted to rank for organically over the next six months for us that was okay. b2b lead generation that was because the volume was there we felt like the intent was there um and it wasn't too competitive i mean it was competitive but not too competitive yep. so we mapped out the content um and the content formats that we were going to produce um and these were all micro pieces of content that would then form one big pillar page on this topic which was what is b2b lead generation top tip right. always ask a question have that in the url and then answer it in the first um, paragraph of the page and so what we were then able to do was uh, over the course of the next three months we were producing all of this blog content a lot of it was authored by people more authoritative in the area than we were um, and we had ended up being able to repackage all of that content into an ebook which we were going to use for our demand gen and content and campaigns execution and that ebook actually became five mini ebooks as well um and these could be used in, in all of our campaigns and we were also able to make videos from some of the top performing snippets and blog posts that were trending really well and that formed part of our brand and content play so in the end what we had from this one piece was that we had a page one google ranking and the snippet after three months we had a gated ebook which actually had five mini ebooks we had and was producing us a cost per lead of $13 and we were converting that at a rate of 10% from MQL to op and then we had all these videos that were serving our brand purposes across all of our organic channels um, and actually improving the ranking of the page as well because embedding a video in a pillar page is, is a really good thing to do um, so yeah that's I guess that's that's how we focused it when we were really small and as we scaled it we've just built out each of those three different entities and yeah and that's that's a great point. So for anyone that's listening to all this and thinking, well, that sounds like a heck of a lot of work. If we don't have, or we perhaps got a small marketing department, or perhaps it's only us, perhaps we've just got a small team. Is this achievable, Alice, if we if we are perhaps doing it all ourselves or we have just got a small marketing team? 100%. Is it something we can ramp up ourselves? 100%. I did it at my previous role, so we went after the term legal operations. If you search that now in Google, you'll see Juro um, as the page one ranking with the snippet and not only that, the company I used to work for, which is a multi-million pound company, Thomson Reuters, we overtook for that search term and they have, I mean, what, hundreds of thousands of employees. So, and we were literally, it was me and the marketing team and a freelance writer. So yes, you can do it if you apply this technique. And then at Cognizant, again, we did it with just me and this one writer just by taking that approach. So, you know, you can't target, you know, five or six keywords, but you can go after one, um, and then you can build out a suite of content, which you can then repurpose and use across your different, you know, content strategy pieces, SEO, demand gen, brand. Got it. Got it. 
Okay. Well, we've we've gone quite deep on on the SEO front, and that that will make sense in terms of building that foundation of the keyword, and then creating the content around that, and and going from there. Um, and is this is this more of a long term strategy? So appreciate typically paid ads tend to be give us quicker results, and things like SEO and content typically tend to be more of a longer term journey. Are there any stages with either the paid ads or with the SEO with both? where we need to say, well, perhaps we could start with the paid ads and say, look, we've tested this specific campaign for a week, two weeks, a month. It's not giving us the the right kind of return. Let's ax it. Let's move on to something else. What at what what type at what times do those conversations need to play, take place if we perhaps start with the paid ads because content's a bit different? The two weekly sprints, that's what we do. So we gotcha. are probably pretty unique in this, but I believe you have enough data in two weeks if you set a budget about £100 a day. Um, you, and you can maybe even make it lower than that if you really need to, but you'll be able to learn enough about that campaign um, on Google to know if it's something to maintain or optimize for or just scrap altogether. So um, we always do it in two weekly sprints and then we'll analyze, we'll adjust. By the time we've done adjusting and it's still not working, that's when we come to a decision that that, that just isn't an avenue for us to continue down and we'll move on to something else. Makes sense. Yeah. And, and when it comes to content, is it a case of, from your opinion, once you've nailed down that this search term or search terms you want to hone in on, is it a case of we just create the content, we make it as valuable as possible, we follow these these strategies that you've shared with us until we get that page one results and still we ta- start seeing the traffic, seeing the leads come in? Or is there a time when we should, we've done enough and we, we need to move on? What are your thoughts there? So with the content piece, it's, it is just a case of like it will happen over time assuming this is like caveated very strongly with you are producing quality authoritative content structured in the right way so like those are the things that you need to absolutely be nailing um quick ways that work for you to be able to see if there actually is demand out there for the content Mm -hmm. that you're producing i would say is like so we run always on gated content advertising through linkedin and that really quickly tells us if um a topic or yeah basically a topic is going to resonate with our audience because yeah we'll either see that converting or we won't and that's quite a good way to you know establish the things that you should start focusing on as well nice yeah because then you can actually see if people are interested in it, i guess and if it yeah. gets and you and gets... you don't need much budget to, to establish that so yeah interesting that's a new one okay we well, appreciate your 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 short on time today Alice. so just just to wrap things up in terms of um, everything we've gone through, in terms of um, being more proactive of your marketing approach, making sure you implement uh, a strategy for your, for your paid ads and make sure you, you test it regularly, perhaps in two-week sprints and putting together content pillars, um, working on more of the long-term game from that front. Is there anything else that we need to bear in mind um, that we've not yet covered when it comes to putting all the pieces of the puzzle together? Um, I think, to be honest, that's, that's the main one. I would just say, like, don't get overwhelmed. Look at the low-hanging fruit first build it incrementally and scale it as you start to see things working, be strict, work in two weekly sprints, don't set and forget, keep optimizing. Um, Those are like, yeah, my main tips really. Brilliant. Well, Alice, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks very much for for sharing your insights. And if anyone else wants, if anyone tuning in wants to learn more about yourself, your company, how can they connect with you? How can they learn more about you? And what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, so um, my name's Alice DeCourcy and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. It's probably the best way to go and have a look at my profile. I'm posting quite a lot there. And then for Cognizant, 
just go and yeah check out our website see what we do we're um at the heart we're a b2b contact um and account database provider but we have a lot more to it than that awesome thanks once again for coming on alice really appreciate it thanks cheers if you enjoyed the show be sure to hit subscribe for business growth show wherever the heck you get your podcast from we interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing across sales all the goal to help you grow your business and grow your revenue and with that we'll catch you on the next episode